If you hate anxiety as much as I do, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the I Hate Anxiety podcast and your host, Larry Quicksall. Larry is a mental health therapist who has spent the past 30 years helping people improve the quality of their lives. And today, he wants to help you get rid of the anxiety in your life. So without any further ado, here's Larry. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for the I Hate Anxiety podcast, brought to you today by Crossroads Innovative Trainings at citrainings.com. Today, I would like to talk about uh, two things that are critical, both for the development and the treatment of anxiety disorders, and that is the differences between emotional reasoning and evidence-based reasoning. So to start off with, what do I mean whenever I say those terms, emotional reasoning and evidence-based reasoning. Well, basically, when it comes to decision-making, is the, are the decisions being made based upon emotional intensity, or is it being based upon actual measurable evidence? Because if you look around, both in your own life and with the people that you know regarding different decisions, uh, you will see more of one or the other. For example, um, some of you may listen to the radio program uh, by Dave Ramsey on financial management. And one of the things that he has always said is uh, financial management or personal management regarding finances is 10% uh, based upon math and 90% based upon the person that you see in the, in the uh, mirror every morning. And that's very true because so many of our decisions, whether it's finances or romance or parenting or, you know, business, uh, friendships, are based on primarily emotional reasons. For example, why do certain people like certain sports teams? Well, for some, maybe it's because they grew up in that town or they live in that town and they are supporting the home team. Others, it may be for purely an emotional reason. And the way you can uh, usually tell is uh, make a criticism of their team and see how they respond. <laughs> then you can, you'll can you either see where they go, yeah, that's right, or, well, you think that your team's so good. You can tell the difference. Is it emotional or logical? You know, uh, look at what you uh, find uh, in your uh, shopping cart before you check out from the store, whether you're grocery shopping or other kinds of shopping, and look at the items. Is there a reason, a true evidence-based reasoning why you need this? For example, we only got a quarter gallon of milk left, we need to pick up another gallon? Or is it based on emotion? You know, why do you have three bags of Snickers, uh, you know, in your bag or in your cart? Well, I like Snickers. Okay, but three bags? (laughs) You know, why do certain people choose certain colors of cars? Well, that's an emotional reason for most people. And I'm not saying all emotional reasons are bad. Um, You know, if you go to a theme park, an amusement park, there's certain rides that you like and certain rides that you may not like. And a lot of that ties into emotional reasoning. 
So there's there's differences. Can you if you can see a logical reason for it that would stand up under questioning, under scrutiny, then that's probably evidence based. If it is one that is much more just emotional, then that's going to be, you know, the emotional reasoning. Now, how does this play in the development of anxiety disorders? Well, as you go through life, you encounter things, and some of those things may be scary. They may be frightening, either because it affected you personally or somebody you knew, or possibly it was based upon what you saw in the media or on a television show or in a movie. I remember back in the mid-70s, there was a very scary movie that came out, and it was called Jaws. And this was the first time there had been a movie like that. Of course, now today, we've got, what are they working on? Sharknado 4, I believe, is going to be released this year. And and so those kind of movies are just a dime a dozen today. But you go back to the mid-70s, and that was a different story. And a lot of people were very scared to go into the water. Now, some of those people that were scared were kids. And it's understandable. Kids haven't quite figured out emotions versus evidence-based yet. But there were a lot of adults who didn't want to take their kids to open water out of fears of a shark attack. Now, where where the, the logic leaves uh, the game board here, and it's just purely emotion, are those who, they didn't want their kids to go swim at beaches at lakes, freshwater lakes. Does anybody get the reason for that? Sharks are saltwater. They're not going to be found in a freshwater lake. So the reasoning there was not logically based. It was emotionally based. And I remember one of my friends, again, going back to an example with kids, he was afraid to get in the bathtub for a while because he was imagining that a shark would get him. Now, let's bring it fast forward to uh, uh, more recently. Just a, a few years ago, there was the shooting at um, Sandy Hook School in Connecticut. And if my memory serves me right, there were a few adults and I believe 20 children that were killed in that, in that shooting. Terrible. Not saying it's not terrible and not emotionally heart-wrenching. But the, if, and if you remember right, the media coverage was pretty well that and that alone for two weeks. The first week was all about the shooting. The second week was all about the funerals. And a lot of people were glued to their televisions for extended lengths of time, watching, you know, the, the, the funerals or listening to the common, uh, commentary that was being done on the 24-hour news channels. And while no one wants to ever have something like that again, what I found from my, from my counselor point of view, from you know, looking at it from, through the therapist's eyes, was listening to people that were typically very, very logical, making the comment, it's not safe to send your kids to school anymore. It's not safe. No schools are safe. Well, is that 
evidence-based or is that emotionally based? I venture to say that's emotionally based. And whenever I entered into discussions with some of these folks <clears throat> the, uh, and, and pointed out some of the, the evidence or some of the logic for my reasoning, they became very irate. And their comments back were, oh, so you don't have a problem with kids being killed in schools. Well, that wasn't what I was saying at all. But if you look up the different statistics from the U.S. Department of Education, we had, during that time period, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 million students in the United States. And we had somewhere in the neighborhood of 125,000 schools. And that year, there were three school shootings that resulted in deaths of students. Now, I'm not counting adults, I'm just looking at students here ranging from, you know, kindergarten all the way up to college. A total of 30 kids, of 30 students, were killed that year. And if you start doing the math, what you find is the percentage of kids that were killed, the percentage of these students was very, very tiny. Now, I'm not saying that school safety is not important, but then you saw schools that were going to extremes to try to get the chance of the possibility of a fatal school shooting down to zero. And let me ask you, can anything ever truly be zero? Not really. Not really. It doesn't work that way. But there were a lot of schools spending tremendous amounts of money changing entrances, putting in new entrances, and some of their efforts were quite heroic. But as I was having a discussion with one particular person, uh, it went from, well, there needs to be, you know, uh, locked doors. And I said, well, at that particular shooting, there were. Well, there needs to be, you know, solid steel doors. Okay, well, would you be able to walk up to the windows of the school then and shoot? And, well, then we need to get rid of the windows and, and just have, you know, light, uh, windows real high up. And then, well, what if you brought something, you know, an explosive device, you know, with like a propane canister that could knock a hole in the wall? Well, then we need to have fences around the school. Well, can you climb over fences? Well, we need to have the razor wire on the fences so people can't climb over. And as the conversation went on, I said, what are you describing? And we agreed. She was describing a prison. I said, is that what you really want? And then the tears started swelling and the anger started surging and it was, I just want all kids to be safe. Well, I do too. But if we look at things only emotionally, then that's where a problem comes in. There, there is a time and a place for logical, evidence-based reasoning. So now let's pull this into anxiety disorders. And, and let, let's kind of go with the notion of phobias. If somebody has a fear of spiders, 
and they know it's unreasonable, which is a part of the, the definition of a phobia. It's not just fear. They have to also recognize my reaction's a little bit unreasonable. Is it based on evidence or is it based on emotion? Most likely it's going to be based on emotion. The, the development of fears of different kinds of things, whether it's crowds, loud noises, may have a basis in an actual situation. Maybe it goes back to a dog bite as a child or watching somebody uh, bitten or mauled by a dog that develops the, uh, the fear of dogs. But does that apply to all dogs? <clears throat> does it apply to puppies? Well, for folks that have that kind of a phobic reaction, many times it is to all dogs. Yet, is there any evidence to truly base all dogs being grouped together? Well, with emotional reasoning, the main driving force with it is the more intense the emotion, the truer it has to be. Kind of with the logic that I wouldn't be feeling this high of an emotion if it wasn't actually true. Well, if it's actually true, then it should also hold up to evidence-based reasoning. And if it does, then maybe there's definitely truth in it. However, what if it doesn't hold up to evidence-based? Then it, it can wind up with problems. The person who, who makes their decisions that way may be missing out on a lot of important parts of life because of those fears because of the anxiety reactions related to those fears. So that's kind of in a nutshell how emotional reasoning plays to the development of anxiety disorders. Now let's look, flip the coin over and look at how do we treat it. Well to me one of the strongest pieces or, or strongest tools for the treatment of anxiety disorders is helping people to start applying evidence-based reasoning. And sometimes that takes place using what's called Socratic reasoning or Socratic logic. And what that is, is when you are, you go with the premise that, okay, let's go with your notion is true. Well, what about this situation where it doesn't apply? What about this situation where it doesn't apply? What about this situation where it doesn't apply? So you go with the notion that it's true, but then what about all these exceptions? How are you going to deal with that? And so if the exceptions are problematic, then we have to look at maybe this needs to be, maybe this belief needs to be corrected. In essence, it's a process for disproving the belief at, as, it's, as it currently stands. Another is to use maybe a set of questions. In cognitive processing therapy, there are 10 questions uh, that, that are given, uh, which, which basically puts that belief on trial. To see, does it hold water? And so you can go through those to either confirm that the belief is true or confirm that it's false. So when, what I do with folks is help them to start setting aside the emotional reasoning and looking at the evidence-based. An example, a couple of examples of how I have used that ties in with a couple of fears that I had for many, many years. Fear of stinging insects and fear of snakes. 
Now, I'm still not a great big fan of snakes because I'm really not exposed to them very often. But I have a stepson who a few years ago really had a... a, He's always had kind of an interest in animals and snakes, but he had several ball pythons at his house. And I took advantage of the situation on a couple of different occasions to let one coil around my arm and think of the positive things about it. Well, one was, I knew these were not dangerous snakes. They were not ones that would bite with venom. They constrict their their prey to, to kill them and eat them. But these were not that big. Okay, they weren't small either, but they weren't that big. I was really in no logical danger. I was uncomfortable, so I played with them until I started getting more comfortable, again, reinforcing the positive, accurate, evidence-based beliefs about them. With regarding <clears throat> stinging insects, back in 2010 is when I really started work on that when I decided to become a beekeeper. Now, I wasn't necessarily starting beekeeping because I wanted to get rid of the fear, but the fear was kind of getting in the way until I started doing research. Understanding the differences between honeybees and other things that look like them, and then things that are just plain and evil, uh, like hornets. <laughs> uh, I, I have no, no desire or liking of hornets. But the more I read, the more I learned, and the more I learned, I was able to counter the fears with actual evidence. And then I bought the equipment, and I bought the bees, and I learned about stings, because you can't be a beekeeper and not get stung. And now, today, if there's bees, I don't have any fear. I have a healthy respect, and I do suit up in many occasions, but in some occasions, I don't, because I understand their behavior. So I used evidence-based logic to counter the fears. So that's it for today. The podcast ran a little bit long, but if something is, are you using emotional-based reasoning or are you using evidence-based reasoning? Ask yourself that question. That can be one of the starting steps, the stepping stones to help you get past your anxiety. Have a great day. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found some golden nuggets that you can use to make your life better. The I Hate Anxiety podcast is for educational purposes only. And while I am a therapist, this podcast is not counseling or therapy. If you need either counseling or therapy, please seek out the services of a licensed professional in your area. And if you are in crisis, call the Crisis Call Center at 1-800-273-8255 or dial 911 or go to your local emergency room.